I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 475 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest for you guys today. Eric Decker is a former NFL standout wide receiver who played for the Denver Broncos, the New York Jets, and the Tennessee Titans. He played his college ball at the University of Minnesota before being drafted in the third round of the 2010 NFL Draft by the Broncos. Eric led all AFC receivers in touchdowns in 2012. He was a part of the AFC champion Broncos team in 2013. Eric is married to country singer Jesse James, and the married couple starred in the hit e-reality TV series, Eric and Jesse, Game On. We're going to talk about that and so much more. Eric Decker will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Eric Decker was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation between Eric Decker and myself, please get over there and hit me with a subscribe on YouTube, First Class Fatherhood. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you guys enjoyed today's interview and you are a fan of the NFL, you are in luck because I have a treasure trove of interviews that I've done with NFL dads right here on First Class Fatherhood, including Hall of Famers Terrell Davis, Deion Sanders, Kurt Warner, Tim Brown, Jim Kelly, and the list goes on and on. Please scroll through the archives of the podcast here. I have interviewed a dad who has played for every team in the NFL, so no matter what your favorite team is, you're going to find a dad that I've interviewed that played on that team. So go take a look. And do not miss out on Monday's special edition podcast here. I have an exclusive interview with Matt Roloff from Little People Big World. Matt invited me out to the Roloff Farms to do our third interview in person. And I'm telling you right now, this interview was a banger. So make sure you lock it in for that. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. I got a lot of great ones coming soon here. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit me with a rating or review wherever you're listening. And as always, guys, please let me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Eric Decker. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. The Devil's Hand by Jack Carr is now available wherever books are sold. The Devil's Hand, which is the fourth thriller in the Terminalist series, follows former Navy SEAL James Reese as he is entrusted with a top-secret CIA mission of retribution 20 years in the making. Publishers Weekly says Carr delivers engrossing backstory, incorporates current events seamlessly, and never flinches from breathless depictions of violence. Booklist states... Carr continues to draw from his own experiences as a SEAL to give the story a level of realism that writers who've not actually served sometimes have a hard time achieving. The Real Book Spy says The Terminalist is widely regarded as one of the best debut thrillers of all time, and rightfully so, but The Devil's Hand is even better and should go down as one of the best books in the genre, period. New York Times bestselling author Brad Thor says So powerful, so pulse-pounding, so well-written. Let's go, dads. Grab your copy today wherever books are sold. The Devil's Hand by Jack Carr, available now. And don't miss my interview with Navy SEAL and New York Times bestselling author Jack Carr right here on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Eric Decker. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Appreciate you having me. All right, let's start it right here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I got three kids. Uh, my oldest is seven. Have uh, she's a, she's a girl, five year old boy, and a three year old boy. Okay, very cool. You're gonna try to even the score with any more? Or are you all done here? You know, I actually uh, 
I had my my appointment set. I was gonna get snipped, and I decided to to back out last minute because I think a I was a little scared of the actual surgery itself, but b the fact that like that's a that's a big manhood power being taken. So I'm not completely out, but I'm not completely sold on having another one. So I'm in limbo. My wife is done. She's like, get snipped or I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I got four kids myself. So we had three boys and then got the girl on the fourth try. If not, we'd be up to five by now, but we, we got her and uh, that, that was the end of that. So uh, if you could, Eric, please just take a second here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah. So I grew up in Minnesota, um, went to University of Minnesota, played football and baseball, uh, really, I guess, sports was my entire life. Uh, small town in Minnesota, coastal Minnesota, 3,000 people, uh, farm country, you know, land of the lakes. Um, <clears throat> when I went to the University of Minnesota, you know, that was a big opportunity for me. It was the only scholarship I got being a small town kid. Really changed kind of the trajectory of my life. Um, got drafted by Denver in 2010, played there for four years, came to, to New York, New Jersey, played with the Jets for three. And my last one was in uh, Tennessee. And, um, you know, it was, it was such a blessing to, to kind of live that life and be able to be an athlete and, and live out my dream. Um, and now I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, three kids, wife who's career oriented. Um, I'm helping her run her fashion brand Kittenish, along with real estate stuff I'm doing in town. Um, and just kind of an entrepreneur type lifestyle, I guess now, but it's, it's been fun. Yeah, very cool, Derek. Yeah, obviously you had you had a really great career in the NFL, and, and along this journey here, then uh, about how old were you when you first became a father, and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Yeah, so I got married. I was 27 and um, had my first kid right away. We uh, we went on a honeymoon. weren't planning on having kids. wanted to travel the world as we we're young and. We had, we had our Vivian, our, our oldest daughter. So I was 27 when I had my first child. And yeah, it just changed my life tremendously. You know, I, I, obviously, I think we're all selfish in our own sense. But when you have that first child and basically you have to give everything of yourself, you know, nurturing and caring for this human being that really now that she's seven years old, it's such an unconditional love. I mean, it's like I would give anything for her. And I, I think, yeah, it definitely changed what was important to me. You know, like I was very career oriented. I wanted to play so many years in the NFL, and that meant I had to sacrifice certain things or, or, or time. And I think it it started to, to to mold and change when she came into my life. I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do what makes her happy, what makes her comfortable um, in, in the sense of her upbringing and giving her opportunities. And uh, just again, you know, how you want to be treated too. It just, it's, it's so important to have that perspective on um, – you know, a, a young person that comes in your life and just just brings the love out of you that you didn't know you had. Yeah, well said, Eric. And that hits right on my next question here. What would you say are the top values that you're hoping to instill in your kids as they're growing up? Well, it's uh, you know, we 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 grew up Catholics. We're Catholics, and so there's religious base in terms of you know, always there's always a higher power, but you're never better than someone else. You know, what I'm saying like you you want to be treated as you you treat your neighbors. Um, I, I think, you know, I want her to be able to uh, earn everything. Um, things don't come easy. You know, life's not easy, but um, to enjoy the moments, to enjoy the relationships, the people. Um, again, I mean, love is, is always for us the foundation in our house of, of saying I love you, hugs, kisses, knowing that that's kind of really what, what you build people up on. Um, and, and then just, you know, everything you do 
give everything you got. Like she, she's the, the mentality as the oldest, like probably most oldest, but perfectionist. She wants to be best at everything. She wants to do everything right. And sets a good example for her brothers. But it's a, it's a good mentality to, to have, to be able to, you know, that's, that's how you get through life and have successes when you can, you know, when there's adversity, you push through it and, and, and kind of get to the other side. Yeah, good stuff. And obviously what you did for a living, it, it, it requires a lot of focus, a lot of dedication, a lot of time. So I, I often, you know, ask a lot of the NFL dads that I get on the podcast here, how they kind of manage that, that work-life balance. And then did becoming a father, how did you kind of manage that when, when you were a dad still playing in the NFL? And did becoming a dad kind of um, make you decide to, to retire or not play in the NFL anymore? Or would you have kept going had you not been a dad? Yeah, no, you know what? That's a great question. Um, it's funny, we laugh about it now, but my first daughter didn't sleep for like two years, you know, so my wife breastfed and I got kicked out of the bed, but like it was taking turns. And I remember uh, my first year in New York, you know, like I signed a big contract, a lot of expectations for me, and we just had our second child. And um, basically, I was sleeping with my daughter and taking care of her while my wife was breastfeeding, taking care of our, our, our second, our youngest uh, at that time. And I mean, I, I got no sleep, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just was like, holy shit, I can't do this. Um, and it, we, we just grinded through it, you know? And I think as I went through, got cut from New York um, and went to Tennessee and was on a one-year deal, again, dealt with some injuries there, and then actually went to New England for a couple of weeks during training camp. But when I was there in New England, I was like, I don't want this for my family. I don't want this for my kids, like traveling city to city year after year. Like, I grew up in a small town. Everything was, you know, in a sense, just kind of had my routine. I wanted my kids to be able to blossom in, in their routine of, of have the same kids they grow up with, kind of the same community, kind of gives you that, that confidence, you know, and comfort in a sense. But obviously with that, we like to travel and, and, and introduce them to new cultures and whatnot. But that was so important to me. I think that was like, you know what, I'm good. I, I've, I've had a fun run. I feel like I've, I've earned enough, you know. Granted, I was uh, okay with my wife being a career-oriented woman, so I had the ability to step away. But if I didn't have that with my kids, I would have kept chasing it. But I think they changed my perspective on what really was important for me and what I wanted in my future. Yeah, and I think, Eric, I mean, no matter what career profession you're in, I think everything changes once you become a dad, whether, you, whether you're a cop, a fireman, a military guy, a, a UFC fighter. I think, you know, when you're just a lone wolf and you just have yourself and nobody else depending on you, right. I think it's kind of easier to just, like, focus, sacrifice, and do all that stuff. But then it, it changes the game once you have other people that are depending on you. So um, I, I know sense. it gets and one thing, you know, I always like to ask the NFL dads, I mean, obviously uh, the concussions became a big deal in the NFL. It's obviously a dangerous game. Uh, a lot of parents, one of the difficult decisions is whether or not they should allow their kids to play tackle football. So in your opinion, what do you think, um, how do you feel about young kids playing tackle football? And what do you think is a good age for them to start? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm against it, to be honest. I don't think there's any necessary reason to have kids in second, third grade putting football pads on. I mean, you just develop at different, you know, spans. You know, I was, I was, I was a late bloomer. I had buddies in sixth grade that were like six feet and dunking. And I was, you know, barely five foot, I feel like, but I think it's important, you know, to get that developmental in terms of flag football. Uh, there's a lot of skilled stuff now that they can be involved with, but once you get to high school, I mean, maybe eighth grade, throw the pads on and you know you learn technique you got you got to put them on to learn but I think at that point um, technology's gotten better you know you're developed physically a little, little bit more um, you can protect each other 
in the sense of, of who you hit and who you practice against. But I, I see no reason to put pads on under that age. I think it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. We're right on with that, Eric. And then uh, how about the, obviously the whole world was shaking up here with the quarantine. How did it kind of affect you guys with the kids? Would you, how'd you keep them busy? You guys board game players? Like how did you keep the, I know what it's like. I fought them that way. I was here quarantined. <laughs> but so how'd you guys kind of manage through the quarantine? Yeah. You know what? We, we kind of took off. We, uh, we hopped in a car after spring break is kind of, you know, mid March is when they kind of put us on lockdown and we just, we, we just took off and, kind of traveled a little bit uh, through Florida, the Carolinas, and just kind of lived that, you know, I guess, uh, journeyman life for, for a couple of months. Honestly, we just said, you know what, they're young enough, kindergarten, preschool. I mean, we're not going to do virtual school. It doesn't make sense. Um, and so we really had some of the greatest memories. It, it kind of pushed us as a family to, to go outside of our comfort travel zones of where we always went to. And we got to really build and bond on that. You know, in the summer came around, we did a lot of activities at the house. We love to swim. We love to be outdoors. Um, but then, yeah, I would say by mid to late summer, we're like, okay, it's, let's, we need some separation, get out of the house. And we were happy. We were, we were fortunate enough that the kids went back to school in August, you know, wearing masks and, um, got back into a routine, but it was, it was tough. I mean, obviously we had a lot of great memories, but then there was moments too, where there is no separation and uh, you never got time for yourself in that sense. So it it was a grind, but it was overall, I think a blessing for us. Yeah. Well said. And then uh, what about as far as uh, discipline goes, Eric, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Hey dads, are you looking to boost your energy level? Strikeforce Energy has got you covered. With a Strikeforce Energy Packet, you can turn any beverage into an energy drink. Their original energy packets contain no sugar, no calories, just an explosion of energy and flavor added to any beverage. Strikeforce Energy is veteran-owned, and all their products are made right here in the United States. Co-founded by Navy SEAL Sean Matson, Strikeforce Energy blows away the energy drink competition. Right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save... 15% off their purchase by visiting StrikeForceEnergy.com and using the promo code FATHERHOOD. Strikeforce Energy turns any beverage into an energy drink. Get yours today. StrikeForceEnergy.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. About as far as uh, discipline goes, Eric, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Um, I, I think, you know, what I remember, I carried over, you know, a lot of how I was raised. Um, yeah, my kids are pretty well behaved. Fortunately, obviously there's, there's, there's times like everyone, um, but definitely stern in the sense of, you know, consequences for bad actions. Uh, we, we, we sent our kids to the rooms. Um, you know, we obviously take necessary action if we feel like it's, it's there. Uh, with with the kids and and so for the most part as long as we're consistent and we've been I guess over the last four years on how we you know what our expectations are they've been pretty pretty good in terms of of listening and and correcting their their behavior but uh, there's times yeah where we get wore out and say just go to your room don't come out and we'll leave them in there for a little bit just to let them think about what they did and, and then we'll have a conversation I think the biggest thing to take away is there 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 is a consequence too but then there's a conversation about what was wrong, what needs to be better, what needs to be fixed. And, you know, if it happened again, it's, it's just a bigger consequence. 
Yeah, very cool. And I know you and your wife did, a, I think it was like three years worth of reality TV. What, what was kind of the genesis of that, of the show? What was the experience like for you guys? It was, it was, you know, it was a fun experience. It was very weird at the beginning, just in terms of cameras being on you, following you around. Um, you know, at that time, reality TV was scripted really in the sense that the first year it followed us through our wedding. So, you know, one day it might be, hey, we're going to go do food tasting. We're going to see some flowers. We're going to go to the venue, yada, yada, yada. All right, action. And everything within that scene was was natural. But basically, you kind of it was like a work schedule. You know, every day you had six hours, four hours, three hours of, of filming. Um, but after the first probably three months that we did it, I mean, I've, I've become good friends and still am with the camera guys and the crew. And we had a really good crew. My wife was 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 a nut breaker in terms of got the right people that worked with us that wanted to, you know, make the show uh, the way we wanted it. And so it, it was a fun run when we got to the end and we, our kids were young, we thought, you know what, it's time just to kind of step away um, and focus on that not really, br- you know, bring that life in terms in front of the TV, you know, you can control it now with social media and YouTube and everything else. But we, we were ready to kind of step away at that point when we did. Yeah, good stuff. And I know you mentioned it earlier, kittenish. Your wife started up there. Uh, your wife is crushing it. I know she's a hustler. What What is some of the another one of the things is too being an entrepreneur and starting a business. Another thing that's challenging to do while you're a parent. So, what what was really the genesis of starting up the kittenish? What's your role in it, and what are some of the challenges of running it while being parents? So she started it. Uh, she kind of always did little capsules and collections throughout the years, especially when we were in New York. That's kind of when I started, and then. Um, 2018, she opened a brick and mortar here in Nashville and just kind of exploded with, you know, tourism and just the, really the, the population that came to, to travel through Nashville. And so we took over our online portion and started to grow that. And, you know, like everyone else that starts a business, you go through all the headaches and the bumps and, and uh, the hurdles. But it was it was fun. And so I kind of stepped in at that point because I'm, I'm very analytical and like cash flow and stuff is important to me. And so just kind of started to put in processes, kind of run day-to-day stuff. And so I guess operations in, in terms of what my role is, that's what it is. Um, and, and now we're starting to scale it. You know, it's, it's been a balance in terms of we like to pick our kids up at 2.30. So we drop them off, we get in, we get our work done, and we get out. And obviously there's work calls throughout the evening or, or things that come up. But we try to really focus our time and energy on our kids and, and take as much time – in that school hours to get stuff done, you know, and, and be present with the kids. And that's something that we always talk about trying to get better at or always focusing on is, you know, when we have the kids to be present, to, to enjoy that time and, you know, work stuff can wait or we can push it till they fall asleep and find, find a way. So it's, it's a balance for sure, but we, we figure it out. Yeah, we're the same way. We make sure one thing that we make sure we do is we eat dinner together as a family every night. All six of us, we pray before we eat. So uh, we, we try to stay together. And no matter what we're doing, uh, we all have that time together. So uh, I know what that's awesome. like there. And then um, obviously you've had a lot of success. You still got some success going on here. What kind of goals or plans here do you have for yourself for the future, Eric? Yeah, you know, I think uh, after I retired from football, I thought it was going to be just uh, wonderful not having responsibilities, not having you know, people to, to answer to. And it was really enjoyable for the first probably eight to nine months. And after that, I was like, okay, I need something for myself. And so I, I feel like even COVID kind of was a wake up call on, all right, like, you know, take take a look inside. What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish with your life? And, you know, fortunately at that time, Kittner's kind of fell in my lap to help kind of get 
uh, the ball rolling in a sense. And we're at a good place now. And I'm always, you know, uh, it's funny that we're having this conversation because I've talked to my agency about wanting to do a podcast about how important fatherhood is and, and the narrative around it. Like that's, this is such a huge topic. I feel like with this generation and I feel like there's a lot of good fathers in this generation, but that's, that's such an important piece to me. So I think I always find something that has, uh, you know, a, a give back in the sense of what my passion is. My passions are my family. I love sports. Uh, I, I love seeing people succeed. Um, I love coaching. You know, my, my kids are in baseball and gymnastics and soccer. And so coaching and seeing kind of these kids have success and, and build this confidence. Like that's, that's really important to me. So I'm, I'm still kind of molding on what that looks like for me in the future, but definitely something that, that encompasses all those things I just talked about. Yeah, well said, Eric. And just as you mentioned there, I think fatherhood is that's why I'm here doing this. I think it's the, the, the number one social problem I think we have going on in our country is the fatherless crisis. We have too many kids are growing up without a father in the home. And I love it when I see guys that do have an influence like yourself. You are family oriented. Fatherhood is important to you. And I think we need to see so much more of that. And it could do our, our, our entire society so much good. We'll benefit from it. So uh, props to you there. And then l- last thing I want to hit you with here, Eric, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father? who's out there listening well i think you could never be prepared you know in the sense that uh, when you have a child it's it's just innate in you in the sense that you figure it out you know they, they talk about there's no one right way of parenting or that's true i mean you figure out what makes sense for you and your wife or you and your significant other at that time of raising a child but it, it does open your eyes in terms of being more patient um you know being selfless um you know just really kind of the grind. I mean, I, I was fortunate to be an athlete my entire life and, and kind of get that instilled in me that, you know, things aren't going to be easy. You know, it's, it's going to suck at times, but when you get through the adversity, like I was saying before, it's like so rewarding. And especially as a parent to see your child go through these stages, you know, from basically eating and feeding, pooping to crawling, to walking, to talking, to, all of a sudden they're infatuated with you at a young age and then to see them grow probably into, I'm not at that stage yet, but teenagers and, and into their own adults is, is such a wonderful human nature thing. So um, I, I think it's just, it, it's, it's what life's about. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's uh, again, those relationships you build and what you put in is what you get back. So I think it's so important to give your, give your all because you're going to get it back. And, and that's true to everything. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Eric Decker, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. I appreciate you. Thanks for everything you do. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Eric Decker for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. But drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And make sure you go through the archives of the podcast here and check out all the other NFL dads who have joined me here. Uh, Carson Palmer, Tim Brown, Kurt Warner, Deion Sanders, just to name a few. Jim Kelly, Andre Reid. The list goes on and on. So please go through and take a listen uh, to one of your favorite teams. I, I have interviewed a dad from every team in the NFL so you'll find one that you're excited to listen to. Make sure you bring it back here on Monday. I got an exclusive interview 
with Matt Roloff. It's our third interview on the podcast here. The new season of Little People Big World drops next week. My interview with Matt drops the day before the season premiere. He invited me out to the Roloff Farms. It was a tremendous honor to be there with him to do this interview in person. I really hope you'll check it out on Monday. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Sometimes